back to the Arsenio Buck Show. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Today is one of the most special days of my life. And today, oh, my God, how did it happen? Well, it kind of happened like this. I got a like on my photo. I went to the profile, and I said, okay, her name is Yvette Rose. I looked at the followers. I said, you know what? Let me take a chance and let me message her. Hey, Yvette, you're an author. Oh, my God, you do so many things. You talk about so many interesting things. I need to bring you on my podcast. It took about a week or so. I got a message back. She said, email me. I emailed her. Then it was a back and forth, a back and forth. Here she is today. Her name goes by the name, obviously, of Yvette Rose. She is the founder of the Metaphysical Academy. She has written books by the names of, obviously, Metaphysical Anatomy, Metaphysical Anatomy Technique. There are a number of things she does. She is a personal development teacher. Uh, she helps, and well, she supports people on their healing journeys. Um, she's traveled to about 43 different countries, helping people from around the world. She has a massive following on all social media. You can check her out just about everywhere. I'll be sure to provide those links. And without further ado, <gasps> Yvette, thank you so much for coming on. My Wakanda people from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what an award-winning introduction. That was fantastic. You take the cake. Well done, high five. <laughs> virtual, virtual high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. The vibe, you know, the energy, everything is in alignment. It's ready. Right. And you know what was funny? I was like, okay, so I've saw some of her videos before and she has that energy like me because my energy, so, you know, my friends say, hey, your, your personality is strong and your energy is high because I bleed passion. I bleed oxygen. I am life form. You know what I mean? So when, I, when we first got on video, <laughs> right, I'm like source. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, man. Um. So many different things, to be honest. But I want I want you to just give a nice little introduction. Although I've given you I've given everything possibly away, but I'd like you to just give everyone a rundown of your journey because you go into Namibia, South Africa. I think that's interesting. So go ahead. Right. So I was born in South Africa. I even have a tattoo under my foot that says "Made in South Africa," just in case. <laughs> And I so, because I went through so many transformations, just in case I forget who I am, I can just every now and then have a look. <laughs> <laughs> and so, awesome. what happened was I was born there in South Africa and then moved to Namibia with my parents. It was the best childhood that I ever could have imagined. The freedom, the sand dunes. We were on the coastline on the west coast. You have the sand dunes on one side, the ocean on the other side. Live on the edge of the town. So, the, the desert was my backyard. That, to me, was freedom and it was such a great escape as well from my dad who was an alcoholic he was abusive and there was always quarrels i was the only child so if anything went wrong it's Yvette's fault right no one else to point to so unless the cat was there but that didn't always work and so, <laughs> and so the, the outside was my escape but it was such a beautiful escape and i loved it so much and horse riding i had a horse um, riding career as well dressage and then moved back to South Africa where I got a really cool job. And, and after that, I just realized, you know what? There's no future for me in South Africa because the economy was dropping. People were fighting. There was so much conflict, the racism, everything was just, it was like this boiling pot of a mess that was about to explode. And I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. I, don't, I didn't see a future for myself there. And I just had the strong feeling that I need to get out. How? I don't know. So I put my resume online for the company that I work with, just put it out there, 
for the companies, you know, because the company was worldwide based. I'm just like, Jesus, if you're there, now's a good time to show up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? right? Uh-huh. And so I, w- I was also raised, I was raised Christian, but very intensely. So there was a lot of, you know, stress associated with, it. I had to read the Bible for punishment. So my association with religion was not as healthy. And so, yeah. And um, I decided, okay, let's, let's see what's going to happen here. And a company reached out and said, listen, we have a job for you in Brisbane, Australia. Will you come? Interviewed me. And I said, yes, I'm coming. Three months later, and, and I sold my car. I, I, I had two apartments at that time. I, did, I was doing really, really well, only because my dad said, when I was 12 years old, I saw this amazing BMW, and I'm just like, oh, love it first sight. I'm the geek. I'm a car person. I love electronics. You know, I don't do the whole dresses and window shopping. And that's not me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the electronics. Like, I just ordered a microphone the other day, and it's coming, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to get a new podcast microphone. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I actually right? got myself. I just got the Osmo three for my, uh, my, my, my phone and stuff. So, oh yeah, I know exactly. Oh, you oh, you yeah. feel me, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> That's it, exactly. And so what happened was, um, I, I, I let go of everything, but I had to let go of this car. Coming back to when I was 12 years old and my dad said, when I said, you know, I really, I'm going to buy BMW before I'm trying and my dad said, Yvette, you will wipe vodka floors and you'll be fired from that. And, you know, to say that to a 12-year-old child was, you know, it was, it was devastating. But I also understood it from the perspective of, of, a, of an alcoholic to the best of my ability at that age. You know, so I didn't, I was thinking, okay, you know, we, we adapt the attitude. Normally, you have two personality types in a moment of conflict. You know, when, you're, when, you're, when your sense of self is challenged, you either fight or you retreat. You're either the fighter or you become passive. You're the peacekeeper, right? And I became the fighter. And so I set my life up to the point where I was working so hard and studying so hard that when I was 19, I bought a brand new BMW at nine kilometers on the speedometer, custom design when I was 19. I finally bought my car. I had two apartments that I was rented, one at the river, close to where I worked, and one in Johannesburg, close to Midrand where I lived. And I had my life set up. I would walk into shops, I'll buy what I want. I didn't have to look at the price tags because I knew I could afford it. My life was really great. But also what was happening at that time that was starting to build up, I became exhausted. I was in and out of hospital for exhaustions, getting injections, getting my, you know, I was dehydrated just from working so hard. Now I set the pace for creating success that I want at a point where I couldn't keep up with it. I had to keep up with the pace that I was working in order to maintain the success. So the foundation of my success was very faulty because I needed the anger and the resentment from my father in order to keep me motivated and driving me. But now I needed the anger and the resentment to achieve success, which is ultimately the end goal is for happiness. But you're not going to find happiness through a state of anger and resentment, you know, but I didn't realize it at that time. So anyway, pause there. Now coming back to when I had to sell the car, one of the most devastating moments of my life, because excuse my French, but I'm very open and blunt about it, but that car was my fuck you car to my dad. So it was like, now I'm, I'm, I'm giving away the, the, the very thing that's showing me you can do this event. That car reminded me, like every time when I walked to that car and I got in that car, it was a feeling of like, I got this. I got this. It didn't matter how exhausted I was or how tired I was or how depressed I was. 
it just got me back into this amazing mindset of like, I got this, I can do it. So I lost my, I can do it car. <laughs> of course, through choice, because I wanted to create a better life. So I had to let go. So I went to Australia and, you know, just started there with a new job. And I had to keep up the pace of what I was working at meaning the anger, the, the everything. And it all just boiled up to the point where my life became so destructive. You know, I started diving into alcohol. I was slowly becoming my dad. You know, there was a pub across the street. Yeah. There was a pub across the street and I was in the bar. Well, of course with other working people as well. It wasn't just me. It was just, it was quite normalized there and smoking 30 cigarettes a day. But my work, was, but that was being produced was so great. I was doing three people's jobs. So the company loved me. So, you know, I was rewarded really well. And I just came one day where my life was so destructive. My health was plummeting. I was 23 and I woke up one day, five o'clock in the morning because I would get up to exercise three hours. I had a gym in my house. so I could save time to not go to the gym because I was so, you know, focused. And I woke up and I lit a cigarette and I lied in my bed. I'm like, this is it. I think this is it. I don't live. I live to work. I don't have friends. I come home. I don't have time to do anything. And when I do, I'm too exhausted. So I just have a vodka, three or four or five. And then I pass out and I sleep and wait for the next day to come to do it all over again. And I said, this is it. I, I, and at that point, I've converted into becoming an atheist as well. I just let every yeah i i it was a yeah it was an intense retaliation it was a f you god f life f this i cut off everyone i cut out everything and it was it was it was a tough moment there for me it was it was that moment where there's no one to reach out to everything that i thought in terms of religion or guides or spirits or whatever, I thought it was bullshit because it's like, where are these people? And what I didn't realize at the time was the lack of responsibility on my part to create change. Instead, I was waiting for it to come to me. Mm. So that was my first mistake. And I lied there in bed and I thought, okay. And I already recorded the message to my manager, my last message saying, you know, hand over this project to this person, blah, 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 this, 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 that. But I didn't say what I was going to do, but I handed over everything on a voicemail message into her office. And I went to the computer. I don't know if you know, back then, like in 2008, seven, six, we still had these clunky Dell computers. Yeah. Yeah. With these big keyboards, it's like towering. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my cigarette. It's six o'clock in the morning and I have a vodka and I have a cigarette and I'm like, all right, it's, it's going to be this way or that way. That's the crossroad. I, I was either going to end it or I was going to make a change, but something had to give. And so as, and as I was sitting at the computer, I was thinking, you know, what is, what is it that's different between me and people who generally are happy? Because I see people happy. I see people in my office laughing. They talk about what a great weekend they had. What were these people doing that I wasn't doing? What am I missing here? Because if they can have it, why can't I have it? And so that's when I typed into Google. Well, exactly what you do when you're just completely so unresourceful, you don't even know where to go anymore. You Google it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going to love this. I Googled how to be happy. Ooh, what I came Googled, up? 
how to be happy. Storied virtue, angels, Neil Donald Walsh, all these things and energy work. And I'm like, oh, hell no. No, absolutely not. What is this? Is this a, is this a circus? You know? I was completely atheist at that point. I was like, there's nothing, yada. This is, you know, there's a pill. There must be something I can take to be happy. It challenged me. It challenged me big time. But I was in such a place of unresourcefulness that I was open to anything at that point. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try. So I started ordering crystal books. I started doing some courses here and there. And, three, and long story short, three months later, I quit my job and I dived right into the personal development world and started my own company because I saw the changes in me. And I was so fascinated with the fact that you can change yourself. You don't need anyone to do that for you. You have the capacity to shift your trauma, to shift your mindset, to do everything that it is that you want to do if you're pointed in the right direction. And I thought, you know, if I can do it, then other people can do it. And I wanted to share how you can do this. And you, and you so, shared that and That's where my passion started. Now, if you had to tell me, I lost you there a little bit. Can you repeat that? No, it's okay. It's okay. I still hear you. Are you there? Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's wrong with the Wi-Fi, but it's all good. Okay. So... I'm sorry, you, right there, you said, oh my God, get, go on, go on, you continue, you, can, you continue, I'll come back. I lost my thought. So, then that's okay, so what, that's okay, it'll come back. So, what, so what I was saying, I was just thinking, if, if I can do it, then you can do it, because we all have the same biological blueprint in our biology. The body stores trauma the same way, and it releases it the same way. Universally, it's the same. The, the, the amazing part, and that's also why when I started to get into metaphysical anatomy and writing the big book, I started to realize that it's interesting how these emotional messages stored across the body, that's the same for everyone on this planet. Wow. How incredible. Same certain trauma points, holding the same certain type of mindsets, creates the same elements regardless of your culture your ethnics your history and i thought hot damn isn't that interesting <laughs> and that's where it started because i'm a curious person i never stop asking questions mm. i'm always investigating i become a crime investigator but i couldn't afford in south africa back then the course so I just did, I studied for one year and then I unfortunately had to drop out. But that curiosity of there has to be an answer. There has to be a clue. What's the next clue? There has to be something behind that. You know, how did this happen? Why did that happen? And that mindset has just set me off on my path. And it led me to find my happiness. <laughs> you know, you became a questioner and a lot of people, they just, they, they're programmed not to ask questions. They're, they're programmed. Yeah to stay within those boundaries and to do yeah. what everyone else is doing, also known as the rat race, making the same. I, and, I was, and I was like that my whole life. Just to give you a fun example, because I think you're gonna appreciate this. 
I was, when I, when I was young, I was about 12. And then 1999, you remember the year 2000, everyone was like, oh my God, is the world going to end? Y2K. So I was at this church and I only went to the church because that's the only time that I could see my best friend because we went to different high schools. And so the priest said on the 31st of December, 1999, we all had to gather at the church at 7 p.m. And he said, okay, we must come back all at, you know, go back to your houses, prepare. We come back at 11 o'clock tonight. We meet because God is going to come and fetch us. And <clears throat> I'm sitting there. I'm like, hmm, okay. You know, I had to read the Bible for punishment. So I knew the Bible really well. Yeah. I had to read it a lot. Hmm. And so I'm like, raised my hand and it's like, yes, there is. And of course I stood up and I said, so if Jesus sitting at God's feet, his son, you know, or the Holy Spirit on the left side or the, no, no, sorry, the angel sitting at his feet, Jesus on his thing, his right hand side, the Holy Spirit on the left hand side, doesn't know when the last day is going to be. And we as humans are born with sin, which separates us from God. We need Jesus to talk to God. He's the mediator. How do you as a sinful person know the answer? How do you know that? Oh, that church went quiet. You could, you could hear a pin drop. And he had like this bald head and he's, you could see the veins in his head just popping out. He was so upset. Why is he so upset? Because he doesn't know the answer, huh? Exactly. But he came back with a smart ass answer and he said, well, I calculated this year, this year, that year, and based on this, this was the calculation. And I said, you're still sinful. You do not know the answer, do you? And he said, sit down. And that was the time when the mobile phones just came out, these brick Nokia phones. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I had that phone always with me just on Sunday so I could call my mom when the service is over because the service would sometimes take longer. And so I just excuse i just like the crab sideway walk out of the aisle and just walked outside and called my mom and I said mom i think you need to come and get me this is oh. my last church visit because <laughs> <laughs> i would not be welcome back there because you don't question the priest right but that's me and it is that sense of curiosity mm. that you know it, it it it's become my main source driver and motivator for for finding the work and the research that i've done so far Oh my God. You know what? I want to go back just a little bit. That burnt, you know what? To do things in spite of other people, you said that the car was a big fuck you to your father. Huge. And it, I bought another one, by the way. But was that for another big fuck you for someone else? No, it was just my oh, reminder. Okay. It was just Thank you. Reminder of like, I got it. I can't even drive it. It's, it's in storage, but I have it. I haven't. Right. It's right. fine. Right. You know? <laughs> but, is, but, but do you think, is that good for people to do? Like to do things to get back at people to say, yeah, look no. at me. I've achieved this now. Yeah, that's what I wanted you to dive in. So why isn't that? Do you look back on that moment and say, oh, hell, God damn, I was, what, what, what do you think? And if people are doing things, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, to what I, I actually made a video about this called the psychology of successful people, because that's where I talked about this, this journey, because it was, it's a painful journey because the number one, if you're, if you are going to have that attitude of wanting to prove someone wrong, that is not real success because 
the success that you achieve with that mindset means that you have to continuously use that anger and that resentment as the motivator in order to maintain the success because people now people don't understand but i worked so hard and i got it and then i lost it well yeah because you know the mindset that you use in order to achieve what you wanted became exhausting and draining because it was there for all the wrong reasons it was not in alignment with who you really are so you became misaligned with your sense of self and you're literally defragmenting your authenticity and that's why you get depressed because you're moving further and further away from who you really are because you need to adapt and hold the mindset that is not true to you but you hold on to it because subconsciously you have a positive association with it because it helps you to get what you want but what when you get what you want it's not always necessarily what you really wanted at the end of the day when you see the price that you had to pay for that emotionally and physically right Oh man, that's perfect. So for a lot of people out there, you know, what, what, what's a good way? Because again, like me, right? So I have my family, I don't really speak to them, right? Why? Because, well, let's just say positive and negative, toxic and driven, grateful and ungrateful. You know, it's like two different sides of the world. However, I have them on Facebook and it's not like I, I'm never going to go back to them and say, yeah, look at me now. You see that? No, absolutely not. Because then that means my entire successful run was predicated off getting back at other individuals and that will lead to lifelong suffering, you know? Mm. So for individuals who are in this right now or thinking about doing this, what's a way they could just get off that track? Okay, so I'm gonna use myself as an example of what not to do. Mm. Um, so, because my family comes from a very strong Christian line. I had an aunt who realized what I was doing and the career that I was stepping into. And she's like, my child, please send me your address. And I said, why? Because I need to send you the Bible. You've lost your way. And I said, perfect. Just put a return address on so I can send you the damn ashes back. You oh. know, that was my attitude. That is how, yeah, that is how angry I was because you know, from my, especially from my dad's side, they were attacking me publicly on my website. They were emailing. They were, they were going very public in terms of trying to bring me down because I was trying to move out of this religious set right. they were in. There was zero acceptance for what I wanted to do. I was now a witch. I was a Satan's child. And I said to my dad, that's a pretty accurate statement, yeah, because you kind of, you know, that would make you say, yeah, I agree with that. But anyway, that's the only time when I actually agreed with my dad. Um, so it was a very intense journey, complete, complete isolation. My friends from schools, everyone disconnected, unfriended. I lost everything. The only people that stood by me was my mom, her sister, and her daughter. And that was really it. Oh, and my mom's mom as well. They were the only ones that were still like, Yvette, how, how are you doing? How, how are you? You know, how's life going for you? What are you doing? Oh, that's great. That's all that I had left. And so, of course, you know, people and friends started, you know, fulfilling those holes. But what I realized, what set me free was when I healed my need, my attachment for my family to understand what I do. That is what set me free. Because in order for them to understand me, that means that it would validate me and what I'm doing is right. I still needed that validation. I needed that feedback. And so, and, and, and for me personally, that was the toxic hold that I had because it's normal. Here's the thing. And anyone listening here, it's normal for people to 
to attack something that they don't understand. We are biologically fear-based. We are biologically programmed to become defensive when something in our environment actually changes because it sets off the fight or flight instinctive response. It's a very biological response that you don't even consciously think of. However, now we have a developed intellectual frontal cortex so that we can navigate the situation with better and not behave like cavemen when we disagree about something, right? right? So I think also what helps is to have that conscious awareness that when people attack, when they lash out, it's, it's because they're scared. But it's because they're scared. Right, right. And instead of fighting it and, and getting even more angry, which will fuel them, it's just have compassion for the fact that they just, they don't understand and that is okay. Don't, don't call them even stupid either because they think that you're stupid because you don't have the same values. Right? It, it's going to become a mud slingshot and no one's going to walk out of it clean. So just be compassionate and, and be okay with them not understanding. It's not your job to educate your family and to teach them and to learn them just because you decided to change your life path. You don't have to drag everyone with you. Right. And when they are, they need to change at their own pace according to their values, according to what lights their soul on fire. Just because something lights your soul on fire doesn't mean it's going to be the same for them. Let them find their own path. You know, their journey, their life purpose might be so different to yours, but just because it's not spiritual doesn't mean that they're not fulfilling something. So it can be very arrogant sometimes when someone finds their spirituality and thinking, my God, now I'm better than everyone else. No, it's not. Spirituality is just a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice that comes with its own sets of values and beliefs. And everyone that chooses their own lifestyle, let them have it. Right. Wow. Okay. And that, and that's, I hope you, that helps. Yeah. And, not, and that's being, not being Rescue 911. So again, like when I saw your book, it reminded me of the metaphysical secret. Of course, this was written, if I'm not mistaken, by Rhonda Byrne. She oh, was, was the first one with the secret. I think this was back in 2005, 2006. I remember that book, yes. Right, right. And then she came out with a smaller version with a lot of different authors called The Metaphysical Secret. And then I learned a lot about the esoteric and metaphysical and, and stuff in general like that. Um, but I remember while I was learning all these things and even back in 2007, when I first heard The Secret, I tried showing it to my brother to try to spark a little bit of enlightenment. And it almost resulted in a goddamn fist fight. We're talking, oh, Fred, who graduated from Harvard's dental school just last year, he had to oh break up at the time, right? He was like, hey, 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 well, calm down. My brother was like, what the hell? The fucking universe, man, what the hell? You talking about this bullshit. Man, get the fuck out of here. You know, he was just, just full on, you know? But when I started following my passion because when I went to Australia for the first time, I realized that the world is extremely vast and I haven't even began to scratch the surface of what I'm truly capable of or capable of seeing. So when I left and I came back, I, I was looked out as an, I was looked at as an outcast. So when you're looked at as an outcast, you have to, ugh, that's the tough part. So did your family, well, yeah, obviously with the, the, you know, the Bible, you know, the Christian and you saying, I'm going to send you the ashes. Did they look at you differently? And when they did, did you feel ostracized? And did you say, you know what? 
that's what were you in were you depressed at that time think so here's the thing i have my dad to thank a lot for because his constant rejection towards me made me almost a little bit rejection proof you know i was so used to it that it, it other people rejecting me or threatening oh but you're gonna get a ban you're gonna get it. i'm like okay it's like <laughs> welcome to my life it's just another scenario so but the thing for me yes there was a sense of feeling wow you know I'm, I'm really sad that i don't have these people's approval or at least knowing that they're there but here's the thing what happens here's why we sacrifice our sense of self for the sake of approval rather than stepping into our power. And that is the fear of disconnection. Because look at how our, our ancestors lived two, 300 years ago. We lived in communities. We're actually biologically designed to coexist. So separation can actually equal death. And that is what happens. So when someone rejects you, it actually biologically triggers fear of dying. And that is why rejection is felt so incredibly intense but we don't make the conscious connection. And that is why we almost will do anything and sacrifice anything for the sake of approval. Wow. <laughs> so if you, we are so much more, we are so much more than just an esoteric, energetic, conscious being. People always going outside and doing healings here and it's a working on the energy body like guys. Mm. You can do that when you're dead, right? You can, you, can, you can play in whatever energy waves and feel that you want. You've got a physical body. Where's your focus at? You need to come back home now. You need to understand this vessel because if you don't understand this, you don't have a grip on your life. Right. Oh, my God. There's just so much. And you know what? You talk, <laughs> you, 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 what, what was it? Another thing that you said, I just love this because I'm telling you, I'm going to have to get all of these little quotes and stuff like that. But you said that we have areas on our body that signify or they, they well, yes. what is it, like energy points or like, can you, can you like discuss that a little bit? Because I think that's very important. Of course. Okay, so are you ready? Yeah, Let's I'm all ready. take a nice deep breath. Reset the frontal cortex, <sighs> which actually works, by the way, guys. If you ever get stressed or you need to do something new, always take a nice deep breath because it resets the frontal yeah, cortex and you uh -huh. start on a mental clean slate. So let me so cool. just move me here a little bit. There we go. You can still see me. So this book, this is Metaphysical Anatomy. That's the big book, 679 Medical Elements. So this book is based on the emotional body. We don't just, we don't just store memories in the cognitive system in the brain. So this is very important. We have neurotransmitters in the heart. We have neurotransmitters in the gut. So now we also know that memories are actually also being stored in these points. These are facts we don't even talk about anymore. This is, we know that. If you take a piece of the heart to a brain surgeon and they put it on a microscope, they will think it's a piece of the brain. Did you know that? Whoa. I had no idea. Right? And when you think of a thought, it fires off electromagnetic field between the neural pathways. And that electromagnetic field shoots out into your energy field and it holds the emotion and the thought that you're holding. Now the heart pumps out the electromagnetic field. It's 5,000 times stronger than the brain. So that's why someone can be sitting over there. You can't see their face, but you can sense, wow, this person doesn't feel really good. They don't feel happy. 
It's because your electromagnetic fields are communicating with that person's electromagnetic fields. Now, what happens is we, we have these three, these three Sorry, I kind of lost you there. Okay, I think you're coming back. I wonder, okay, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Okay, well, it said my connection is unstable, which is very interesting. So maybe what's happening is my connection <laughs> sucks. Okay, no, you go on ahead. You keep doing your thing. Sorry about that. It just went crazy. Okay, we're good. No, where did, where was the last part that you hear that you heard me? Uh, well, two sentences ago. <laughs> I believe. I believe. That's I believe. okay. 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 So we have the brain, we have the heart, we have the gut, but then we also have the master cells, which are billions of cells across the entire body. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, remember. Our body is made up of 60 to 70% water. And we know that water can be such a strong conductor of emotions and, and, and you know, energy and thoughts as well. We know that. So what I found in my research is that a big part of the programming happens from epigenetics predispositions from, from you know, our ancestors, experiencing emotions to the point where it builds up. And the emotion of a certain thought process based on what they were doing and how they were behaving can get stored in the weakest part of the body which would resemble the emotional stress that they're actually feeling, hence why that part of the body would then flare up. And over time, over generations, this buildup of this, this biological platform has been building and building and building. And the reason why it's the same for everyone across the world is because our biological makeup is the same. Right? Now, now what happens is when you are in your mother's womb, what happens is there is another layer of programming happening because now you're in amniotic water. Your body is also made of, of fluid, 60 to 70% water and fluid. Whatever she's feeling and also going through, what she's experiencing in the environment also reinforces certain emotional points in the body that's already heightened. Say, for example, there has been a lot of you know, trauma associated with war, a lot of invasion trauma, a lot of trauma associated with abusive people invading your personal space. That would normally be associated with heart problems. Anything with valves related to, you know, a pretty strong predisposition for heart attacks. So now what can happen is say, for example, the mother, while you're pregnant, while the mom's pregnant with you, she's having an abusive relationship with her father, with, with meaning your father, the, the husband. Yes. It reinforces the feeling of invasion. It reinforces the feeling of feeling abused reinforcing the energetic predisposition for a heart attack in your, in your chest because you already have that weakness also from the ancestry. Now in your life, as you mature, you have an oversensitivity to aggressive and abusive people. And that's really a heart attack and not being able to cope and deal with high levels of stress over a long period of time. That's a small example. That is, that is a, one micro little second of a, of a 10,000 minute, you know, storyline to take it just to, but just to give you like an example of how it can be stored and how it can also translate and surface and manifest. Wow. Oh, and people obviously completely unaware that these are, these types of things are being stored. Um, now that we're aware that they're stored, is there anything we could do? 
Yes, so here's the cool part. This is also why I called this book, Your Body is Talking, Are You Listening? Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I so wanted here's, to ask you about that title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so here's the thing. Your body is really willing to communicate. The reason why we don't listen to it or we don't know how is because we try to specifically look for something. And the moment you look for something, you, you, we have what's called rectacular activating system in the frontal cortex, and it's responsible for feeding information in and out of your environment, but also from your electromagnetic field. Right. So if you have a specific thought that you think, okay, I'm waiting for a specific answer, the RAS filters out all the answers that could be coming to you, but because you're focused on something specific, that's not necessarily the answer. So you're completely misaligning yourself with the information that's trying to come forward. So instead, be playful. Have you noticed that the time when your intuitive abilities as a child started to go away, when you stop being playful, when you yep. stop pretending? Mm. Because when you're playful, when you pretend, you're an open book. Yeah. The universe is like, right on, let's play. Yeah. I'm, I'm bringing it right that curiosity it's so important so you have to learn to be playful again you have to learn to just pretend again so if your body could talk wherever you feel a pain wherever you feel a discomfort you're going to pretend now that your body has a voice and i've taught this technique to doctors psychologists psychiatrists and they love it i've even taught it in hospitals it works to get people to connect to their body mm. and so you're going to just pretend, okay, it has a voice. Okay, one, two, three, boom. That's the secret. One, two, three. Give yourself a, a quick countdown. What do you get? Just sit there in silence. Is there an emotion? Was it just a random word that came up? Was there a color that you got? If you didn't get a color, okay, great. How does the color make you feel? What is the message of that color? Sometimes people feel, see, or sense in symbols as well. Yeah. Don't disregard that. That's your intuitive ability. That's how you sense. Now you have to get used to the algorithm of the way that the information comes forward so that you can start to accurately interpret what your body wants to do. Now, what's cool also, in this book, in the beginning, I have a course with a quick reference guide where there's sheets that explains exactly if the finger or the elbow exactly, you know, because it's just a shortcut. If something is discomfort or the pain there, go have a look and see what the message is. Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I get that's what I was going to ask you next. I was like, okay, what so about there's the lower two back? Approaches. What about here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything is in the book. Okay, now, where can people get that book? Because, again, I tried looking for it on iBooks. It's not on iBooks. I know it's on Amazon. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, okay. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Okay. Everywhere in the world, you'll definitely find it there. Okay. All right. All right. So I'll definitely put the link in the description because I tried looking for, I wanted to do some kind of like cool thing or whatnot. If anyone had responded, da, 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 da. but yeah. Okay. So it's on Amazon. That's very, very, very interesting. Now I, I remember this was a stress one. So I remember if you get these uh, occipital headaches, these ones right in the back, that indicates that you're stressed out or that could indicate even. Yeah. So yeah, like just for example, that one, when you get that, that pain there, it means that it's bringing up either past memories or present memories or um, resistance associated with what you're doing. It's almost like you want to go into this direction, but there's still a subconscious part of you that is doing it from a place of anger and fighting. And it's like, 
I want this to, I, you know, it's still, there's still a little bit of that conflict there in terms of where I want to go and where I'm expected to go. Right. Oh, man. There's so much to talk about. I know we are, man. It's, it's a funny. bottomless fun pit. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. This can totally go on for four hours. But again, I know you got things going on. I would, I would love to dive into the other things. But again, that would just prolong, prolong, prolong. But nonetheless, Oh my God. So that we can was, always do a second series. We can always do a second follow up. Yeah, because I see like so many other things because all of the things that you've done, those are at least 45 to one hour. And that's like five things. So we're talking that's three to five hours worth. This would be the longest podcast in the history of mankind if we did that. So we'll have to do a follow up. <laughs> but you know what? Any takeaways now for everyone out there i'm gonna put her link in the description you're gonna see all the tags on instagram linkedin facebook it's gonna be very easy to connect with this unbelievable individual who i will be bringing back on a couple of times and you know what i'm gonna be going on her podcast i'm gonna be going on her podcast too so you guys better stay tuned for that but what message would you like for everything we've talked about today yvette what message would you like to leave the people with so for me, there is such a hype. There's such a wave at the moment about having to wake up, having to be conscious, having to be an act and behave a certain way. And my message is for you to take from that what is in alignment with you. I think what I'm seeing is the biggest pain points these days are created because people are trying to follow the mainstream and they're trying to fit themselves into a box that is not built for them. And the message is for you to find what is it that you feel that you are in alignment with and stop thinking, but if I'm not doing this, then I don't have a purpose. But if I'm not doing that, then I don't have a purpose. The fact that you're here and the fact that you just even want to change is already part of your purpose because that is contributing to the collective consciousness and the wave of change that alone is already you fulfilling your purpose whatever you want to do else with that it's a bonus that you're giving back so be creative with it and and modify it customize it for you God, be the that. free person so that you can wake up the freedom and other people to give them permission to be who they want to be be an example of that, but be an example in the sense where you don't have to fight for it because you know what? It's your birthright to be who you are. You can just have it. And with that being said, that is just, oh, I love that. And that's why I wake up every day and I live that passion. To, to, to mm. Listen, Yvette, just six years ago, there weren't thousands upon thousands of people and people in a hundred different countries listening to me. They didn't know me. But then through everything I've wow. been through, I realized that other people possibly needed that message too. And I just wanted to support yeah. people. And now look, I'm seeing all the remuneration and everything that is happening and coming into my life in terms of opportunities. And of course you. <laughs> but I, love that. I also love what you said. I just want to tag onto what you said that because you said something very important. You started to serve people. You started to serve the world and that is what the law of attraction is in alignment with and that is what the law of attraction also supports anything or a person that is in service 
that is always magnified. Whatever you touch and do, you will be held and you will be guided and doors will open up for you. So always have the balance of keep you also in the equation, but also keep a part of that as a service to give something back. There you go. Because that's what you did. And it's so important. It's incredibly important. Man, just perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yvette. It's funny because this damn podcast thing is going on crazy, terrible Wi-Fi. But nonetheless, man, this was a fantastic, fantastic podcast. We have a few more. I'll get in contact with your team and everything, and we'll be bringing you back on. But man, I just can't be grateful. I couldn't, couldn't be grateful more, or I couldn't be grateful enough. Anyways, I am just wholeheartedly grateful that you have come on. You've taken the time out of your day to share some unbelievable messages, and we still have a ways to go. <laughs> I know. This is, a, this is the beginning of something amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited. You're very welcome. You're, and again, I'm just excited that we had the opportunity, our energies and everything, the universe combined us on this specific day at the dawn of a new decade to give all these people out there a message. So if you guys are interested, I know you guys would be, go into the description. All her links should be there. Uh, if you guys are listening to the snippets on Instagram, that's extremely easy. If you're listening to the podcast, just go in the description. But nonetheless, I'm just grateful for having everyone's ear out there and even more grateful for Yvette for you coming on. So with that being said, man, guys, stay tuned for more. We'll be back in the near future. <laughs> Yay, thank you. You're welcome. And over <laughs> and out.